0: This is a stand-up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013.
1: This week's episode of X-Ray brought to you by DC Meetups. This week's featured meetup is Let's Get Together and Cook Dinner for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. For those that have not slept since RBG injured herself and want to do something useful for a woman they see as their surrogate grandmother slash protector of the justice system, email Craig for the ingredients you're supposed to bring, and Craig says, bring what I tell you, don't just bring a fucking casserole. RBG is very picky when it comes to casseroles, and we don't want to piss her off. Uh, The meeting is this Tuesday at Craig's house in Adams Morgan at 4 p.m. Please dress appropriately. RBG also doesn't like too many prints. Okay, let's start the show. Hey, everybody. Raylan Casper-White here with another smart guest. Uh, I try and keep him consistently smart. Sometimes I get a dud, but this one is promising. I'm here with John Levy. Now, is it Levy or Levy? Uh, Levy. Who decides? Because the Hebrew was Levy, right? Like, who the fuck decides, no, we're going to be Levy?
0: Uh, I think my dad, who's basically illiterate, was just kind of silly when he got to this country. Okay.
1: Uh, Well, there's a lot of Levy, isn't there? Eugene Levy.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, from uh, the American Pie movies.
1: Yes, the American Pie and the, what, the Christopher Guest movie. I like him. He's like, the, he's like the Harold Ramis. Do you know Harold Ramis? I have no okay. clue who Just Harold these is. people that look very Jewish to me.
0: Oh, yeah, he's like... You know, the Uber oh, Jews. Yeah, he's I a love super Jew.
1: It. Super Jew, super Jew, Uber Jew. Um, it's kind of weird to say Uber. Use a German term with the Jew, the Jew thing. You're right. It's a little probably offensive to some. Um, now, you are... Uh, let me start again here. John Levy is a, uh, a social scientist... Can I say that? Uh,
0: Behavioral, but yeah.
1: Okay, behavioral science. Well, how you behave in social situations, maybe?
0: It's kind of decision-making and influencing.
1: Decision-making, influencing, right? Why don't you tell me? I think you probably enjoy that more.
0: Oh, sure. So I'm super curious about uh, why we make the decisions that we make and what affects them. And specifically, I just did a study on, uh, it's probably the largest study in dating history. We looked at 421 million potential matches between people. Wow. And asked what actually gets people to date. And we found out really weird things.
1: But it's also in the age of—it's uh, probably in the age of online dating. The decision yes. making is is different.
0: Uh, it I might be. I my hunch is that it's uh, it. It probably has a pretty standard, like what you're attracted to is what you're attracted to, like f- mm-hmm.
1: chemically and physically, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, That's like old news, right? Like if someone's hot, they're going to look for somebody hot. And if someone's not hot, they're going to be like, let me keep in my league.
0: There's some weird things, though. So here's an example. If you have the same initials, you're 11.3% more likely to date.
1: So it's just a narcissism thing or like familiarity, like, oh, this this person looks like me. I want to fuck this person.
0: Exactly. Okay. Anything that reminds us of ourselves is more appealing.
1: But that's only if you like yourself, right? If you're self-hating, you're going to go for daddy issues and like, <laughs> if, you know what I mean? Let me go with the guy who's a narcissist who kind of looks like the dad who beat me.
0: I think, th- so that might be the case, right? So we, uh, the thing is that it has to do with exposure. So whatever okay. you're exposed to is what uh, you're kind of used to. So since you hear your name right. quite often, right. then your initials sound really familiar. When After Katrina, yes, it was super popular to have people with... Uh, ka names were born like disproportionately completely
1: only it people that were affected by katrina or even like in denmark
0: across uh, so across the u.s i think is where the study was done okay but it's because uh, they we heard was,
1: the word katrina so many times yeah then
0: caitlin sounds more appealing or Catherine
1: i don't think caitlin's i think caitlin's an <laughs> annoying name it's fun. your wife has a name caitlin isn't she uh no <laughs> okay good okay no some names you just know that you want to smack those people in the face caitlin Catherine's okay. Well, I don't know. I have to smack Catherine, too. Um, Okay, so you are a behavioral scientist, and you went to school for this.
0: I I went to school for a bunch of stuff, computer science, math, and economics, and I actually stumbled into behavior... Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, No, no. It's... uh, I, I... Barely made it through school for that.
1: I can see that too. Okay. Were you like uh, a lothario too a little bit?
0: A lothario?
1: I don't know if is lothario the right word. I like to use words not, not only sure what they mean always. Um, <laughs> were you a womanizer in school? Oh. You're like a good looking guy. You have I like wish. that Mediterranean flair. You probably got the ladies, right? I,
0: I wish. I was such a loser. Oh, were you? Uh, okay. Oh I was okay. like what you would call a late bloomer. I well, didn't like even...
1: Late like 30s or late like 24?
0: My first kiss Uh-oh. after like first grade. Right. Um, was uh, when I was freshman year of college.
1: Your first kiss? Yeah. And was that also when you lost your virginity? Like, you're like, let me just get this in one fell swoop?
0: No, no, I was a hopeless romantic. I thought I would, like, marry the... Oh,
1: my God. Woman. Where are more men like you? Uh,
0: maybe still at NYU.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. But you just got married now, right? How yeah. old are you now?
0: How old am I? Yeah. I'm uh, 38.
1: 30. It took you a minute. You're like the women yeah. that come in and are like, well, am I Am I 42? I, I don't know. Um, all right, so you just got married, so obviously you're not a, a virgin anymore. You lost. Okay. Uh, well,
0: no, no, she's promising that any day now we can find it. She's going to do the deed? <laughs> yeah. That's
1: great. Uh, a lot of
0: hype built up around it. Really excited.
1: So, what? Okay, so let me backtrack a minute here because we started with the dating study, mm-hmm. which I think is fascinating. Were these questionnaires or people participated going in, or did you partner with the dating apps to mine data? We,
0: we, we uh, partnered with a dating app called Hinge. I was, uh, I'm on
1: Hinge. I love Hinge. Are you really? Yeah, I'm on all of them I'm on Cupid, Bumble, Hinge, Squirt. <laughs> squirts for gay men. I just like to keep my options open. Um, do you know squirt? Squirt's, no, no, a real, I don't. squirts a real thing, actually. There's it, actually it's a like grinder, but. But yeah, even it just more. says too hot for an app. I don't know if that means you just ejaculate on people on the street, but it's like always these very hot men. Um, na- you know, usually Pure naked.
0: abs and then cock. P- exactly,
1: cock, Ca- cock and abs, yeah. cock and abs. Um, so Hinge, I feel, even though I find the, uh, the for those of you not familiar with Hinge, it's just some big photos and little text and questions that are a little stupid. So the openers are kind of, you're not going to get any in-depth uh, information from the questions that they, that, you know, they're on the profile, but who cares, right? You're going, first of all, with attractability. Then you spend an exorbitant amount of time with stupid small talk. It fizzles into oblivion and you move on. Uh,
0: so here's the interesting thing. Uh, in general, uh, dating apps have very little data, right? In the okay. sense that people don't really describe themselves. They'll put a bunch of emojis and they'll be like, I like cats. Right. right? Which is it a is. whole lot of useless information. It is. Uh, the, the best or my favorite are, oh, I really like going out or staying or in. Or staying the,
1: in. <laughs> I like to dress up and also dress down, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: great, thank you. So what you're saying is you're human. Sometimes yeah. you leave the house, sometimes you, you don't. you
1: You breathe, sometimes, well, that's yeah. not a good example. Okay. Uh,
0: so, but I think Hinge actually does a, a, a slightly better job in terms of, of getting a broader view of the person. But in general, when we did the study, it was, uh, there wasn't that much data in terms of that. What we were looking at was, How does education affect dating? How does religion? Like, what are all these things? So in every religion, for example, the men wanted to date women within the religion more than the women did. So like... Well, that's
1: because like was a Judaism thing where the mom has to be Jewish for the kids to be Jewish? The one
0: exception is Judaism. Huh. So Christian men prefer Christian women uh, more than Christian women prefer Christian men. But in Judaism, women are like, find me a Jewish man.
1: Really? Yeah. And Jewish men are like, find me a hot shiksa because Japs are annoying?
0: Uh, so <laughs> there a separate study, nothing to do with ours.
1: The annoying Sorry, just, yeah. Go just ahead.
0: found out that I looked at race, age, education. Right. And they uh, they found that across the board, the most appealing women were the youngest possible Asian women.
1: Wow. We're and, fucked, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> but do those last? Those like, I just want a, a geisha?
0: I have no idea.
1: But it, also, it probably also fluctuates with age. Obviously, people that are on their second round that are divorced, mm-hmm. they're looking for they something different. They got rid different.
0: of their starter husbands and Yeah, or starter wives. Wife. No, but they're,
1: yeah. A, they're bitter. A, they have baggage. A, they have kids that are going to be fucked up. And B, they also are, probably want someone more educated. Right? If they went with like, let me date someone not as educated as me the first time around, and then I get bored because we're not fucking every day and we the kids are older. For their second round, they want to make sure that other person is... Is educated to them no, or you don't have that data yet?
0: I, I've never looked at the data. I think the stereotypical thing in our society is like w- once they crisis. once they hit forty, switch them out for two twenties. You know, right? It's,
1: well, that's the men's side, right? Yeah. Less than the women.
0: Oh uh, yeah, but you know, for men, they always want younger. But
1: you know. I don't. I, yeah, yeah. That's the midlife the midlife crisis I talk about many of my mid middle aged guests.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but those don't. I don't know. It's it's really disconcerting, isn't it? Um, so you found that people, the most attractive women are young and Asian.
0: I didn't find that. that that's from a different study. Oh, different we, study. We what did you, at, what's your
1: salient results? Like what, what's uh, the most the, profound thing you found out?
0: We, we found out that essentially across the board, the more similar people are, the more likely they are to match. We went to the same types of universities, either right. Ivy or liberal arts, all that stuff, same religion, whatever it is. The coolest thing I think we did besides the initials thing, which is funny, yeah, is we looked at, uh, since we had access to people's Facebook accounts. Oh, God. Uh, we knew their fuck age. Fuck
1: Zuckerberg, man. <laughs> Creepy as fuck. Go ahead.
0: We knew their uh, their date of birth. And so we knew their age, and we knew how many friends they had. We didn't really have any other data. Okay, right? okay. Um, and so we were able to say, okay, if you have lots and lots of friends, then you're probably an extrovert. And if you have very few friends, right. you're probably an introvert. And so we compared people based on their age, which city they are, and all that, right, right. and figured out who the extroverts are and who the introverts are. And we thought, huh. Introverts will probably date introverts and extroverts really? that's what i thought an extrovert no. Would date no don't they don't want to
1: you want if you're not shutting up you want someone who will let you speak right and if you're both introverts it's just a lot of silence and
0: so that's the problem yeah. introverts never talk bored to each to other bored tears yeah, yeah sounds like you a need at least nightmare. one extrovert
1: right Right. And so that, but let me ask you a question, the definition of extrovert isn't, can't you be an extrovert in an intimate relationship and an introvert in larger social situations? Because I know people that are like, my husband doesn't talk at parties, but at home he won't shut up, right? There's also that. The definition oh, sounds a little, some people are just shy and then they open up to their partner and are just much bigger, so you know.
0: I think the definition that most people work with is where do you get energy? Do you get energy from being with 30 people or do you get energy from being with one or two? And, okay. And so that person just sounds like an introvert. And then they feel really comfortable with, like, one or two people, and then they won't shut up.
1: Right. Well, I think, well, I think it's more complex. Obviously, when, you know, when you're doing these studies, it's hard because we're kind of trying to generalize and go broader strokes, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what that means and in terms of— Okay, so that was your thing. So introverts are attracted to extroverts and vice versa.
0: Uh-huh. So, uh, I, they, the issue is it's just introverts never talk to introverts, so they never go on dates.
1: Right, <laughs> But they end up getting married and having solid lives, right?
0: Uh, it's some very small percentage. Because I find, it's like, possible.
1: The, 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 the problem I'm finding uh, in big cities is that these extroverts, they thrive on a lot of people. They have a hard time being in an intimate relationship because they need stimulation from a lot of people all the time. Yeah. And then you have one partner in the unit going, why do we have to go out all the time? Why can't we just stay in? Or, you know, you're talking to that, you know, three whatever. It's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard dating an extrovert.
0: So I, I think it's just hard dating. (laughs) Right. Or being in a relationship, I guess. Yeah. Human beings are pain in the ass. Like we most of the time don't even know what we want and we complain about it all the time. So I don't think it's unique to introverts or extroverts. I think that just human beings are pain in the ass. Right. Let's let's just start off with that. And then uh, the other thing is that uh, we've done this awful, awful, awful thing to ourselves, which is back in the day, all we cared about was that uh, we would survive. Right. Right. So like we'd pair off Get pregnant, and then we'd need to stay together to make sure that the baby got old enough so it wouldn't be eaten by a jackal.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Uh, But uh, over the years, we've gone up Maslow's order of uh, like higher order of needs. So we've gone from like survival to like all these other things, right? So in the I think like 1950s was the first time you'd hear, "Oh, he's a good man. He's a provider. He treats me well. He never raises a hand." But I'm just not finding fulfillment in the relationship. The word fulfillment is yeah. the death of happiness. Oh isn't my it? God, it's the worst. Right, right. And so people have these absurd expectations that we are uh, able to find companionship, uh, have a, a intellectual
1: stimulation, sex life. Yeah. But then a lot of people are going into the polyamory, right? Like even that's not enough. Like one sexual partner isn't enough. We need nine.
0: So there's that whole novelty thing. And even though people talk about it, uh, from what I've I've heard speaking to researchers on the topic, that although there's a lot of hype about it now, the actual percentage of people that participate in it isn't necessarily growing.
1: But I think the amount of infidelity is equally as high as it's always been, right? People are still Mm. looking for other outlets outside the
0: marital unit. Yeah. So I think that infidelity is... Uh, pretty has it um, gone
1: higher with the access of online because I you know oh, you go on these dates with these guys they go I wish I had this app they always say stupid shit and things <laughs> I wish I had this app when I was married I'm like what the fuck you really think it's going to go farther you fuck you know what I mean and it's true <laughs> though, at least they're speaking because it's like Trump where you always know where he, what, he's, what Donnie's yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. and they're really thinking that because it makes it so much easier you know what I mean you're in a marriage and there's a, a dry spell or you're on a downer of course it's easy to get on an app and be stimulated and chit-chat and flirt and maybe meet and, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's screwed a lot of shit up.
0: Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's one of these interesting things. So in American culture, there's this really strict perspective that you should never get divorced, right? Is like, it
1: in American culture? I thought American culture was like one of the higher divorce rights. The,
0: it, it has a higher divorce rate, but culturally there's like a lot of shame in it right so oh
1: interesting yeah okay i mean i've uh, never been married i just popped the kids out Do you know what i mean so i've never been a big believer in the institution even though because my parents had a fucked up marriage so yeah
0: so th- that's the thing is that people feel like oh we have to stay married for the kids but right being a kid being stuck in a is around a sh- of course yeah, it's like shit show it's bullshit yeah um and so uh the there's a lot of like cultural pressure for people to stay together right the the fidelity of marriage and all this stuff uh, but the fact of the matter is, who knows if we were ever designed to be around each other more than a few years? Right. right? Like right. it's just, it's so such a pain in the ass to be around other people. And I just got married. I love my wife. And why did lo- you
1: get married then? Like what? What was it about it? You're 38, you said. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like I mean, and you seem like you've been around the block, so you're not like some naive, you know? Well, I'm 24. It's time to settle down and provide, you know, all that yeah, yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So you're <laughs> you're born in the, you're raised in the city, you're very urban and kind of erudite and, and sophisticated gentlemen, as at least you seem like. You are. I like to pretend. Um, and so you get married, which of course if you get divorced is a fucking financial nightmare, unless you had, a, do you have a good prenup?
0: Uh, pretty ironclad? No, we have a post-nup.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. What does that, what does that mean? Like uh, in case just, of?
0: Uh, yeah, it's like, it's just making sure that, uh, so my dad's an artist. I wanted to make sure that the if artwork, we ever get, okay. Yeah, the artwork goes to our family. Okay. Rather so than,
1: what would be the thing? Do you, do you believe in the institution or, or do you think it'll make it easier to stay Uh, in the relationship when you are committed on that level it's almost like an incentive
0: you know tax breaks is it real no No, no. but beyond no but I'm you know Uh, I mean besides the uh... I think that um, and I don't wear a ring like we still act like we're dating and I think that that's an important thing Um, one is that I didn't see a reason not to right like there was oh
1: boy that sounds like a great proposal I don't see a reason not to marry so let's just fucking do it
0: in the sense that I'm uh, I'm been with her for three years. Okay, and uh, and she's the most amazing human being I've had the pleasure to Aww, spend that's time. Nice. With. Hope and you're e- listening, wifey. And every time my friends meet her, they go, "I thought I liked you a lot, John, but she's way better than you." Well, that's good. Good, so, you're keeping those friends in. Yeah. Uh, and when you hear stuff like that, when your friends aren't like, "John, she's kind of crazy," or any, right, 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 then it it just makes sense it right? makes
1: sense to commit in the long term yeah
0: I mean then we can actually build something because uh, it's, it's it's
1: harder to get out though don't you think like a lot of people like what Kate, Kate, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell mm-hmm. they've been fucking fr- they're a solid couple you can tell they're still solid love each other but that's really solid when you're with someone and you're not married and you're committed 100%. You don't have that kind of binding thing looming over you in a way. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I think there's something to be said for that, don't you? I don't know.
0: I so I think that it is like a structure that makes sense in certain situations. Okay. I uh but I also don't think that she would hesitate to divorce me in a heartbeat if I didn't Well treat that's her good
1: wife. though. I think that's smart, you yeah. know? I have a I have uh, I have a lot of, I'm an extrovert mm-hmm. I don't know if you could tell or not
0: would have never guessed.
1: um but I have friends that are that stay in unhappy marriages you know mm-hmm. being in the in the south especially people are a little more conservative in that kind of family unit you know and they look at their parents which of course is a different generation and um and they believe in you know staying to it and going through the hard times even the hard times' 60 years and then you're dead yeah right uh but a lot of people are I have one friend here that just got divorced both both people wanted to and they just had a baby. And mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck were you thinking having a baby if you knew you weren't going to be together? But that being said, they're just happier to not have dragged it out. Yeah. Uh, so, John, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do this study in order to provide information for the dating apps? Is, are you kind of like a co-conspirator with them, or are you doing it just to – because what did you really learn besides the initials and the familiarity, which we kind of knew before from social mm-hmm. experiments? What did you learn from your study that had not been discovered before?
0: Uh, we learned some stuff about decision-making and how – men make decisions versus women and we also looked at uh, there's never been a study at this scale before well like, tell
1: me tell me about the uh, the men versus women like give me like three three differences
0: oh wow okay now, this, now you're asking me to remember all there's like this is a 30 something page study. <laughs> okay well give me like so, just a cliff's note okay so um when it comes to the speed that the decision is made me, made men are flipping faster
1: Okay, which is an attractive level, you mean? Like, yeah, so is she hot or not? Basically.
0: Okay. Um, women are more polarized on whether men are attractive or not. Meaning okay. That uh, men are kind of more consistent. Men will find a woman hot right. or not. or not. Women are, have much less consistency, and some women will find certain men hot and others not. And then the, another group will find the unhot guys hot.
1: Well, that's two different things, though. It's a difference between um, the objective attractability of a woman. Like, if one woman is considered hot by all the men, uh, that's different than saying how quickly men decide if if a woman's hot Mm -hmm. versus not. So uh, those are two different things. So the decision,
0: the speed that the decision is made is made faster by men. Okay. And then how consistent they are is much higher, too.
1: Um, oh in terms of across the board like which yeah, women yeah. are considered hot objectively
0: Precise. and is
1: that because women are considering other factors or like he may not be this attractive but I'll learn to find him attractive or maybe he's a good person <laughs> or smart you know what you're, I mean you're
0: thinking of the uh, fixer upper effect right? Well, like. or
1: just uh, you know like they're looking beyond the shallow right like sometimes um, women can learn to be attractive I, I'm like a dude if I'm not attracted in the first three seconds, it's not going to happen. I've tried that, and mm-hmm. it has not worked. I met a really great guy, huge, hung like a fucking horse, too, just a <laughs> gem of a human being, but I was not attracted to yep. him. And so it didn't happen after three months. I
0: think it's one of these funny things. Attraction isn't a choice. You don't have control over who you are. But you're some tra-
1: people say, I wasn't attracted, but then I learned to be. Don't you hear that sometimes?
0: So I think that you can uh, learn to develop affinity, and I think you can learn to fall in love. Uh, uh, but, that, but there's a difference between... Caring for somebody and being attracted. And like lusting after someone. And they're two different chemical responses, right? There's that that moment where you're like, I got to jump their bones. It's very different than like, I care really deeply. There's this thing called uh, the IKEA effect. (laughs) The IKEA effect states that you care, uh, you disproportionately like your Kalex Domas or Poeng or whatever the bookshelf. Yeah, exactly. uh, Because you had to assemble it, which is anything you put effort into. You care about disproportionately.
1: So if I'm trying to fix a guy who's fucked up and I put 10 years into it, I'm like, I love this guy because I did the work.
0: Exactly. It's more about me. Yes. And
1: my efficacy in the world.
0: And so if I can get you to keep putting effort into the relationship, you'll feel invested and you won't want to leave. And so the, if you actually look at it and you talk to a friend who's unhappy in a relationship, right. this is anecdotal, this isn't based on my sure, research, sure, sure. You'll, you'll notice they'll say, oh, I'm like, why don't you just... Break up. Well, we've had 10 years together. And I was like, what does that make any difference whatsoever? You're not happy. Yeah. yeah, Like, if if he's, if you had 10 years together and he's trying to kill you, would you? (laughs) Right,
1: right. Well, that's. You wouldn't be like,
0: oh, maybe it's worth the risk of getting killed. Yeah, but it's a mind
1: fuck, isn't it? So let me, so what do you say? Just, um, you're not a relationship therapist, I know, but if I'm in a bad, let's say I'm in a bad relationship, or if this, I can feel a guy pulling away, Mm -hmm. right? So do I want to invest more, or do I have to? If I try and get him to invest more somehow in some s- smart way, he'll be more invested to stay.
0: So I think that kind of stuff works in the earlier stages of a relationship, right? Right. Um, but once you're bitter, and yeah, did, like you getting—if you're bitter and then the person's asking you to invest more, after you're you, like, "Fuck this! I'm, I'm out of here." What right. a nag! Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think the the best uh, response I've ever heard to a question like that it was by a, a famous scientist named Dan Ariely. Israeli? Yep. Those
1: Israelis, man, they're everywhere.
0: (laughs) They (laughs) really are, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So he asked a question, which is, imagine you had no—you've been together for 10 years, but imagine that you actually haven't been together for 10 years. You just met today. Right. And magically, all of the information about what it's like to live with them, be married to them, have experiences with them, uh, gets downloaded into your brain, and you know what it's like. Okay. knowing this information would you marry the person today
1: huh it's a tough one though those hypotheticals
0: are tough but if the answer is no then if you don't like the person you're with today right then go get out and find something that excites you right and that's a dangerous
1: is. slope though right because a lot of times that the, the I know from my experience because I have commitment issues mm-hmm. um the lusty part that, that chemical adrenaline part you know the one that makes you not see all the shit yet, and mm-hmm. you just want to fuck all the time. Yep. that's addictive. Yeah, and it's very hard when you're a thrill seeker like I am, and you know you need stimulation. You're an extrovert. Once that's gone, um, and it may morph into deep caring, blah blah blah. Then you <laughs> hunger for it, and what the fuck do you do? You have to try and rekindle it. It's very hard. It's also hard for me to be in a relationship that didn't have that lust at the beginning. Like yep. if it's not there at the beginning, it's I, I just it's not the same afterwards.
0: Sure. Uh, so I think the question is. Uh, and I'm not like a, trying to promote some kind of crazy right. lifestyle or anything, but why is it that you? Sh- why should the goal be to be in a long-term relationship? I I don't know why that's the case. If you're very happy, jumping from three four-month relationship to three four-month relationship, then or you know, should do that. Yeah, like who cares? I mean, if that's I think what... when you have
1: kids, then it's it's tricky for the... Once you have kids, it's tricky to have a new partner enter their lives every three four months. Mm. So sure. that's a consideration. I, I think uh, that
0: sure, that, and it also might just be a new normal for them. Like it's not. I don't. I don't know. I'm not a child psychologist. Right. I'm, well, good for that
1: because <laughs> there'll be a lot of fucked up kids running around if you were. It's like whatever. They'll deal with it. You want to fuck around? Go do that. Call each one mommy two, four, six, and twenty six. <laughs> um, what was another thing that you found between men and women besides the kind of we all know that men are? I want to say shallow, but they they know what they want. Either they want to fuck or not. And that's kind of a quick decision.
0: Mm-hmm. I, so I think it's kind of funny because. Uh, you can say all you want about the decision-making process. Mm-hmm. We end up in the same place at the end. So we either end up dating somebody and getting married or we d- date them and break up or whatever it is. Uh, but it turns out there's a study that was done, not by us, about mm-hmm. online dating. And it seems that the relationships from online dating are just slightly happier than the ones that are conventional.
1: About right? meeting someone at a bar? Yeah,
0: yeah. Or through friends.
1: Through Really? Yeah. Well, I don't, maybe because it's rare. You know what I mean? I mean, it's much. Oh, I, one I, out th-
0: of every four or three relationships at this point start online. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. And have you found the difference between happiness in like urban areas versus more rural areas or small town versus big town, like the uh,
0: big cities where it. the choice is
1: endless? That's the study I do. So
0: there is research on this by a guy named Barry Schwartz. It's called Another
1: Le- Jew. Love <laughs> you guys. Go ahead.
0: He's, uh, he, he walked into a, um, like a a clothing store one day, to buy a a pair of jeans. Right. And uh, the guy says, oh, do you want slim fit? You know, whatever it is. Uh, All that. And he's like, I don't know. uh, Sure. Whatever. Uh, Standard. And he goes, do you want stonewashed? Uh, Whatever it is. A lot of choices. Yeah. And so they keep giving him more and more choices. And he gets the best fitting pair of jeans he has ever had in his life. And before that, he had, like, just, you know, hard jeans that you had to wear in. Right. And he said he left, and he had never been less satisfied. Because he's
1: so worried that if it's this perfect and he's not happy, something's wrong with him. Exactly. Right. I'm smart. I can be you social. You are super I can be smart. can behavioral science. You
0: could have. So, yeah. essentially, here's the problem. Let's say you're dating three people. Oh, sorry, you're in a small town, and there are only two options. Right. You're, you have the five, and you have the seven. Oh, you're
1: and such you... a dude with the grading. God, help me. Whatever. Okay. So, uh, yes, <laughs> I am. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, the the you end up with the seven you're super happy because you have the better option now you're in a big city and you're dating a nine but he's a nine because he has like a great family and you're dating another nine but he's a nine because he's, he's hot. Yeah, he's super hot. Got the abs and yeah. he's hung, like you said. Right. And then you have another nine who's super successful business person that's really interesting and so on and so forth. Right. And you're dating like four or five nines. Well, how
1: do you make the right decision?
0: Exactly. It's impossible. So no matter which one you choose, you have all these points of comparison right. how life could have been better. So you yeah. end up less happy yeah. and you end up less satisfied. And then if, just like you said, if there were only, if there was only two options and you chose one and you're not happy then it's the universe's fault. But when you have a million options and you, you choose something in your own house... It's you.
1: It's on you. You yeah. should all move to, like, small towns, right? Like Pawtucket, yes. Rhode
0: Island, and then just... Be satisfied being alive.
1: I, I think that's true. I mean, okay, so... That's the dating study, which is interesting and depressing because I'm like, what uh, What about if you're a young Asian woman and you can't find a dude, then you feel like you're really fucked up. Like, <laughs> I am the most attractive person to all men on the planet, hands down, social sciences have shown, and I still can't get a meaningful relationship. Mm-hmm. Have you guys studied how long those last? Now I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with young Asian women. No,
0: I, I, we haven't. There's other people who actually study this stuff full time. That's got to um, be a highly a, racially
1: insensitive paper, huh? Um, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus.
0: There's a a guy named Eli J. Finkel who just wrote a book called The All or Nothing Marriage and my hunch is he probably covers it.
1: He covers a whole chapter on young Asian women?
0: Uh, If he's lucky.
1: But what do you do if you're living in North Korea? They're all young Asian women. You know what I mean? That's also a problem. God damn it. Um, (laughs) So, okay, I I looked at your website. You're wearing a tuxedo in many photos. Yes. Um, Again, very dapper.
0: Thank you. And
1: you're like Mediterranean dapper. You look like like a prince from Dubai a little bit.
0: I'm a quarter Yemenite. Okay, that's what it is. A quarter Turkish. Okay, um, so you got it half dutch so i'm i'm like when you do 23 and Me, right. it says i'm north african uh asian and, and, and dutch. european yeah
1: i had a little neanderthal on me that was upsetting Ooh. higher percentage than normal whatever I, <laughs> I like having a big forehead um what is this 2 a.m principle that you talk about
0: so i got really curious what causes people to live fun exciting lives and i spent about 10 years traveling as much as i could uh putting crazy things to the test so i went to uh running the bulls in Pamplona, I got crushed by a bull and You almost, got crushed? I almost died. Did you, you break know? anything? I literally could I thought I I was paralyzed initially Holy because fuck. I lost all feeling in my body. Uh and it landed on my left shoulder. It crushed all the muscles. Oh. And then it tore the ones on the right because I was curled up like a ball. And then you'd uh, have
1: surgery. How do you fix a muscle? Uh,
0: what happens is I had wheelchair service and all this stuff. I had to have X rays uh, to make sure that it didn't push air into my lungs because Holy. I I was about to board a plane the next day. Yeah, and yeah. The pressure change would have caused my lungs to collapse. Explode. Oh, and, collapse. Okay. And uh, and so the way it what happens is that the muscles heal and then they have to like re-separate them and realign them. And it's a an agonizing process.
1: It it's, sounds terrible.
0: It's super painful.
1: You didn't get it done by some Spanish surgeons. He's like, I'm going back to New <laughs> no, no. York to the real doctors. I,
0: it, are you kidding? It would be so much cheaper to do it in well, Spain. Well, of course. But who of knows if it. it's
1: better, though? I mean, you know, I love socialized medicine, but there is a price to pay for that shit. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: so you did Running the Bulls. You did yeah. some other crazy shit like Burning Man. And... Burning
0: Man. I did. Okay. Uh, let me see. I swam in zero degree water in Antarctica and almost froze. Were I... you
1: like naked or what?
0: Uh, you wore a, a wetsuit, just bathing suit, like a speedo, yeah,
1: like same. a banana hammock.
0: Uh, almost.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, you Were know, there are a bunch of uh, Russians? Love cold water. A bunch of Russians and Siberians there, or what? I'm
0: married to a Siberian, but you are. Yeah, you're hot.
1: She looks kind of like Bjork. Uh,
0: no, that's Icelandic.
1: I know, but it's all the same that's thing. All the they same all look kind of the same to me. It's that like that kind of Mongolian. do You know what I mean? Ancestry.
0: Uh, she's got. Uh, she did her genetics. She's got 16 percent. Uh, Asian. Okay. Well, there,
1: she's right in there, the hot Asian chicks. Yep. Uh, we're going to uh, look at her later. We're going to post a picture of her, make sure she's on the nines. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so you did all that crazy shit, and then yeah. what did you discover besides your muscles being torn?
0: Uh, so here's, uh, people always think that adventurous experiences happen randomly. Like you go out for a night, this thing happened, this thing happened, and all of a sudden you... Well, you're it, a frat boy, Yeah. it
1: choked. Okay, go on. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what ends up... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, is that a weird reference. It's weird. I uh, even know that reference. Fucking boarding schools on the East Coast makes me angry. Go uh,
0: so, the uh, but that didn't make any sense to me because some people live clearly more exciting lives than others. So, how do you account for that? I discovered that every adventure follows four stages, and uh, each stage has specific characteristics that, when you apply them, make life exciting. And so, the 2 a.m. principle is that nothing good happens after 2 a.m. except the most epic shit in your life.
1: It has to be after 2 a.m. when your decision-making is impaired?
0: Uh, No. it's After 2 a.m., so generally, staying out past that hour isn't a good idea. Oh,
1: right. Because then it's like, okay. Yeah,
0: because it's like long past the point that anything's still enjoyable. Yeah. But the few times that you do stay out past them and it's enjoyable, it's usually amazing. Like you end up at like some crazy secret party and you hang out with celebrities or you, like all the crazy stuff. Okay, okay. For the average
1: Joe, you mean, not someone who's living in whatever. I was in Malibu, but those poor cats now it's all fucking burned down. Oh, yeah. Um, Two a.m. Pre- okay, so what was it? Was it a guidebook on how to live a more exciting life? It, it,
0: I shared stories about me traveling around, doing stupid stuff, and usually getting injured or embarrassing myself, and showing the science behind why it worked and why it didn't. So there's stuff like um, the peak end rule. The peak end rule states that imagine you go on a date, right? And mm-hmm. it's the, you're head over heels for this person. Yeah, butterflies in happens. your stomach. Okay. Okay. And you're super, super excited to be there, having a great time. Three hours in. The guy looks you in the eyes.
1: He's like, I got to go home.
0: He says the most awful thing you have ever oh, heard in your life. Like just mean, just being yeah, a dick. Like, uh, yeah, just okay, awful. Okay, okay. And your friend says, good date or bad date? You say?
1: Bad date.
0: Yeah. Three hours of perfection, three seconds of bad. Yeah. It's bad. Of because course. Because we value the ends of experiences so much more. Now, what people tend to do is when they go out, they have like a great time and then they let it dwindle into terribleness. Like, they end up at a pizza place at 4 o'clock in the morning. And
1: they end up puking their brains out.
0: Yeah, whatever it is. And it's just terrible. And so you remember the entire experience as negative, and you're less likely to do stuff the next day because you're exhausted. And you're uh, less likely to participate in fun activities in the future because you remember them terribly. And so one of the keys to adventure is to know when to end it. Short but sweet. Uh, It doesn't have to be short, but you just have to know that, like, Make sure to have peak experiences and end on a super positive note. Don't- I think
1: I, I I get that. The point with the date, though, I have to I have to question that for a minute because I feel like if you're on a good date, it's also when someone's rude to you after a few hours together, it's it hurts on several levels. A because that something's disappointing, right? Because mm-hmm. you have background on what happened already, and B you're like, what what was I misread? How did I misread this person? What's or did I do something? Things were going so well. And if this guy's a dick, why didn't I sniff it out earlier? So it has ramifications about your own judgment. So it's not just that it's the end. You know what I mean? The end of yeah. the experience. If it happened at the beginning, I probably would have walked out. Right? If someone's rude at the beginning, you get out. Mm-hmm. Like we were so great together. So then it just doesn't make sense, right? You, you question and things. It's yeah. like when a guy doesn't call you back. Women have you know written me guy many letters still calls. on this. Well, what, yeah, you're right. They don't call. They don't even text, right? It's all about the fucking texting. But I've had, you know, I try to do dating advice for people and coaching and, you know, and, and sex advice and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. how many times, because people are passive aggressive, you know, people are just cowards. And in this age of a uh, meat market online, people stop, they cease to look at people as humans, right? They're just like, everybody's expendable. Especially on
0: squirt. Apparently. Squirt.
1: Well, squirt, they're actually very human. A lot of bodily functions and that. So that's a pure <laughs> essence of biology. But it's like, we had a great date. Why did he never call back, you know, or text me. Mm -hmm. And so that's the fucking confuse. So I think it's all that. Does that make sense? Like when it's like jarring, the juxtaposition of like, we thought it was good, so why was I not on the same page with this other guy?
0: So there's this interesting thing. Our brains uh, tend to obsess over things that don't align really well. Exactly, right, right. right. And so when a pattern is clear, we don't really think about it. If I offer my, you know, like... You have a kid, and you offer your kid chocolate milk, and each time you offer the kid chocolate milk, it... He says uh, yes. Yeah, he says yeah. yes. And then one day, he opens the chocolate milk and throws it in your face. That's confusing because it breaks the pattern.
1: Yeah, he's getting a smack on the butt for that. You kidding me? Wouldn't let my kids do that at my house.
0: And so if that's the case, then uh, things that the pattern doesn't make sense, we obsess over because our brains are prediction machines. Right, right. right. And so... Uh, the funny thing is we'll never get an answer to any of that stuff. Like, why somebody did or didn't call or didn't, or didn't yeah, text. Yeah, yeah. And that's no what's so happening.
1: aggravating. Mm-hmm. I always challenge, if someone's not texting back, I'm like, you know what, just don't be a cat just give me the information. I'm always much happier when I have the information, right? I yeah. I think it's people always want to know, right? Like, I want to know, well, if you're cheating on me, just tell me, you know, give me the information. Is it Consuela? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying, this is my own personal experience. Fucking asshole. Um... Okay, so what else? You, you work with brands, right? Like kind of yeah. neuroeconomics, making people buy shit. Like can you get, share some of the festive uh, findings on that? Like what makes me pick a certain thing?
0: Sure. So there's uh, – what I do is I take other people's research mostly and I look You're at how lazy. You're just like, let me just I'm, I, I, aggregate. It's easy to be lazy because there's so many people there that are smarter than me doing yeah, research. Yeah, no, you know, it's the way to go. And so uh, they just make it so tempting to –
1: What's it called when you aggregate? You do a study that's kind of a comprehensive um, – A meta study? A meta-study. That makes it sound better than it is. Okay, so you do that. You do meta-studies. I, I
0: don't even do meta-studies. Oh, okay. I just take their research, and then I look at how to use it to make companies more successful. I'll give you an example. Please. A bunch of years back, The Economist uh, offered three pricing options. The first was $59 for just online. right? Okay. So you could read The Economist online for $59. They don't have
1: enough pictures in The Economist. <laughs> right? No, they don't. You know what I mean? Font's tiny. I to bitch about The Economist all the time. Go ahead. Uh,
0: then the second option is you could have the print uh, publication for $125 a year.
1: Which includes the online access?
0: Just, just print. Just print. Okay. And then you could have print and online right. for
1: $125. So you're getting both for less or the same amount as just yes. the print. Okay.
0: Now, the reason that you do this is it's kind of a decoy. Because your brain makes decisions best when it has a context or the like right, right, options, right. Then uh, what happens is that. I think it was 82% of people, when given all three options, chose printed online.
1: Of course, because you feel like you're getting the better deal.
0: Exactly. Now, if <sighs> you're all idiots, <laughs> if you just give them online right. and printed online, I think it's like 64% they're of people. They're gonna go just the online. Exactly. So
1: you do that stupid thing in the middle mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, who's the idiot who's no, just no, no, no. getting the the, the exactly. print? Huh? I got online. I'm smarter. Wow, we really are idiots. Okay, so they so, do that. I, I want
0: you to understand how ridiculous this is. Imagine you go into a deli.
1: Okay,
0: And the deli operator says, your options for sandwiches are chicken mm-hmm. or turkey. And you're like, chicken all the way. Right. And then he, as he's walking to the back to make the sandwich, he goes, oh, I just found some ham. Oh, and you go, I okay, ham. ham. Awesome. I'm going to take the turkey then.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: <laughs> so the addition of a third option that you were never going to do right. made you switch between the other two. You,
1: is that what happens?
0: Yeah, because you switch from... I give you this third option, which is just print for $125. Nobody's going to take just print for $125. And by adding it, you switch from going to online to print online.
1: Right, but it's also because you're offering the same two for one versus one for one, right? If you were saying chicken sandwich versus turkey sandwich plus chips, or sorry, whatever, chicken sandwich for eight bucks or chicken sandwich for eight bucks, you know, with chips and then <laughs> one with a beverage for 10 bucks, you know, whatever. Like yeah, I think yeah. that that's the more corollary. Way to do it. Um, so okay.
0: I often like to say, okay, I'm going to take you on vacation. Me and you were going on a date, girl. Oh, I love that. I love All right. that, John. And your options are we can go to Romania, Okay. go to Croatia and have your wallet stolen, or go to Croatia and have a great meal. Which is it going to be?
1: So go to Croatia and have your wallet stolen, or go to Croatia and have a great meal, mm-hmm. or Romania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Croatia and great meal.
0: Exactly. But you weren't choosing between... <laughs> Croatia and Romania, you were choosing between having your wallet stolen and having a great meal. Right. The entire time I knew you were going to Croatia.
1: Why? Because Romania is so unappealing?
0: No, Romania is beautiful. Is it I mean, though? But you didn't even think about it because you were doing, you got distracted by the having yeah, wallet stolen and, and a having great
1: your... meal. I didn't ask you, are we going to have a great meal in Romania?
0: You could. We and could. And
1: am I going to get my wallet stolen in Romania?
0: Uh, probably. Probably. It's Romania. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I'm kidding. I have no idea. Yeah, you know, the <laughs> Eastern
1: European, well, Croatia, I guess too, but they're hot. Now also you have some sort of... Um, salon at your house or something only where yeah. like famous people are invited like people like me would not be invited or <laughs> is everybody attractive a lot of young asian women like what what goes on in your house i
0: don't think there are that many young people there just because it's uh not that we have anything against young people right. but you have to be at least 21 to attend since we have alcohol okay uh, so <laughs> 10 years ago i got really curious how to make friends with successful people you're ahead. just a
1: star fucker, social climber.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. All right. At least he's not ashamed of it. Go ahead. Are
0: you kidding? There's so much research that shows that the people you surround yourself with will define uh, your success and your happiness. And if I've, for example, a study found that if you have an obese friend, you're 45% more likely to become obese. This you're- is
1: terrible. All the obese people are not going to have any friends after this podcast. So don't, you know, maybe that's not a great, they're, they have a hard well enough life as is. Okay. Sorry. Go so ahead.
0: Here's, here's the addition though. My friends who don't know the obese person have a 20% increased chance of becoming obese, and their friends have a 5%. We each have an effect four degrees out, but it's not limited to obesity. It's also true for happiness, marriage and divorce rates, so on and so forth.
1: Right, because there's like a thing like, oh, everybody's getting divorced. I realize yeah. I'm not happy. I also have more guts to do it, or, you know. Exactly. If they're obese and happy, I might be more t- have more tendency to be obese. Do you know what I mean? But if they're obese and so, miserable, it might be a cautionary tale.
0: Um, so what will happen is that if you sit down for a meal... Then you're more likely to see them ordering more food, and that gives you subconscious permission right. to order more food. Okay. Uh, or the benefit is that if you're really fit and you hang out with somebody who's obese, and you invite more of your really fit friends, it could help. Ha-
1: help with them. the obese person. Yeah, I hate fit people. <laughs> you know, people that are too fit annoying. You know what I mean? It's like just, just enough. Find more <laughs> substance in your life besides your own fucking body. Mm-hmm. The whole body is a temple. Thing is overrated. We're all gonna. Uh, that's all I, genetics. You know I what I mean?
0: Agree.
1: All these marathon runners and people with all the muscles. And I'm like, if your dad died at 64 because of pancreatic cancer, you're not. It's not looking too good for you. Do you know what I mean?
0: The uh, I, the running thing I kind of get because your body floods with so many endorphins. It's like mm. actually getting high, and so they they get a lot of pleasure for it. But the this whole thing that anybody thinks they're going to cheat death with with fitness. Uh, so. Th- there's like this misnomer that, okay, exercise will lead me to lose weight. Exercise. Oh, it's not.
1: Makes me gain weight.
0: So yeah, it's... The funny thing about exercise is that you're get getting a benefit from cardiovascular work. Right. right? That's like about it. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. your healthier heart. Right. Uh, your body... Uh, it prevents um, atrophy of muscles. There's like all these inc- yeah, critical yeah. health benefits that you, you should exercise for. But if your purpose is to lose weight, just stop eating those stop donuts. Stop
1: eating. But donuts are good. Crow nuts are good and phonuts nuts are nice.
0: What's a phonut? nut?
1: Just it's like, a. a I guess I would like to think it's a healthier donut. They call it a phonut.
0: nut. F-A-U-X.
1: A yeah, the folks nut. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I had one in LA and they, they invent stupid shit over there. You know what I mean? But I think it's like a donut, but it's not a Dunkin' donut. It looks a little sheeshier. Probably has like spelt. You know, uh, whatever it sounds like something that's is. going to slowly clog my yeah. rectum up. Um, okay, so you found out about the, the the trio of of duping people into getting the online thing oh, of I, the Economist.
0: So that that's not my study, but it's that I take that kind of information. Okay. Or like we discussed the IKEA effect about bonding people. I asked the question: What is it that uh, a brand is trying to accomplish? How do they connect with people? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I created uh, to to figure all this stuff out. I created a secret dining experience. Twelve people are invited. They're not allowed to talk about what they do or give their last name. They cook dinner together. And when they sit down to eat, everybody gets to guess what everybody else does. And they find out that it's uh, the president of a television network, the editor-in-chief of a major magazine, a Nobel laureate, a Pulitzer Prize winner, like fancy, mm-hmm, successful mm-hmm. people. I'm by far the least impressive person in the room. Each I'm time. sure.
1: I'm sure it sounds like it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just saying, I mean, let's be objective here yeah, for yeah. a minute. Yeah, right? no, I agree. Um. Uh,
0: and I've done this 168 times.
1: And I have not been invited yet. That is fucked up. So is it awkward at the beginning? Because a lot of times, I mean, Americans are big on small talk, right? Uh-huh. I've traveled all over the world. Europeans don't engage in this shit. If They don't they don't really care what the fuck you do. Mm-hmm. But Americans are like, so what do you do? And how do you know John, right, Mr. Levy? And what's this? And it's especially if you're a social climber like yourself, you really want to know what they do to see if they can rub off on you or uh-huh. they're just obese. So is it awkward at the beginning when people are not allowed to talk about what they do? They're like, S- like your sweater. Are you married? Like, it, is it one of those things? It is. Things? It's
0: kind of funny. People don't know what to do when they can't go to their standard stuff. They end up talking about weather and sports. And, Ugh, uh, but snooze. when we start kick, uh, uh, cooking, cooking dinner, then um, they end up. But at that point, they start talking about their uh, family and vacations and what they did in school and all that kind of stuff. That's uh,
1: more w- substance, really. Yeah. Not substance. I guess it depends how much you define yourself by the work you do, right? If you're hanging out with an accountant. They're not going to be talking about their job. They're talking about their family and, you huh? know what I mean, and their kids. Like, I go on these dates with the divorcees and they talk about their fucking kids. I'm like, why would I care? I have 34 children on a good week. Why would I care about your kids? I'm not <laughs> invested in your kids yet. It's almost like a default. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the tricky part when people are like, you want a good family, man, but they're just like, and then I took Tyler and Skyler to karate and this is my custody schedule. I'm like, shut the fuck up. They I want,
0: rhymed yeah. their kids' names?
1: Well, sometimes that... I mean, they have like tw- twins that people love fucking a lot. You know, really? Was it Katrina and... Kalina. So I think that people either hide behind their family if they don't have a lot to talk about or their work, Mm -hmm. right? But if you're doing something super, if you're a Nobel fucking laureate, I'd hope you talk about your work a lot because that really, (laughs) you probably sacrificed your family and happiness to be that.
0: Uh, Do you want to know something interesting? Those people tend to be the most humble. That's good. uh, Just genuinely curious people. Yeah. yeah, Because nobody goes into it. Knowing they're going to win a Nobel Prize. They're yeah, going... and if you're
1: trying to, you're not gonna try. It. Yeah,
0: there's there's like very there's one scientist I know of that refuses to publish any paper with more than two people because you can't win the Nobel Prize if you're four people on something.
1: Oh, he's a di- he? he. He sounds like a dick. woman we'll would do that. Um, well, I hope he doesn't win now <laughs> unless he cures cancer. So what else? So you've been. What is another? Give me a fun anecdote with another company that you provided some insight on on how to. How to dupe consumers.
0: Oh, so it's not about duping consumers. I know, I like, know. I'm just saying. Uh, it's about uh, creating really meaningful connections. I'll give you an example.
1: Okay.
0: Um, imagine you get invited to an event. You're not allowed to talk about work, and you have to bring the names and addresses of three loved ones. Mm-hmm. And a person has, uh, uh, and you know that somebody was flown in from another country to teach you something. World expert. Oh, I
1: wasn't talking about the dinner when I said... Uh, I was talking about the brands, So well, we'll go back to that. Sorry, uh, so, but we'll go... Back. Okay, go
0: ahead. No, this is the brands. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and so imagine that's what you get invited to. You arrive, there's about 60 people there, and there's cocktails, there's food, everybody's hanging out, having a great time. You think you recognize some people, and then 12 at a time are pulled into a separate room covered in flowers. And Aww. the person at the front of the room is Robbie Honey. He's one of the top florists in the world. That kind of There's person, a
1: top florist? One of like, wow. there's a, you know, I do not even know there's a like He teaches like,
0: like a uh, master class at the White House kind of thing. Oh, right? wow. Okay. Nice uh,
1: arrangements for Melania. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this was in the uh, previous administration. Okay. Yeah. So, Michelle probably had uh, a Michelle. more
1: floral air tour. Go ahead.
0: Uh, so you find out that for the next 30 minutes, you're going to learn how to assemble a perfect bouquet of flowers. Mm-hmm. And Theory, assembly, like the whole nine yards. Okay. And then uh, everybody announces who they are. So you have the editor and the chief nobles, this, the, net- whatever, the network yeah. presidents, a yeah, bunch yeah. of Me
1: Too moments. Go ahead, <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: And uh, thankfully, none. But well, good. Y- yet, uh, yet. There's always time.
1: There's always time. Time uh, is on our side. Me too. Go ahead. Uh, so
0: the uh, and and then the last person says, "My name is Ajay Corey. I'm the founder of Urban Stems." And for a modest fee, we deliver a perfect bouquet anywhere in the city in under an hour. And if you follow me, we have runners who are on the spot going to deliver flowers to your loved ones. And so while people were still at the event, they got photos of their loved ones receiving the bouquets. They oh, just
1: that's amazing. So this is at your event. Yeah, yeah. But you have to fucking be important to be invited to your event. What if you're just like Joe Plummer who just is looking, to, you know, to have some shit rubbed off on him? You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> then you, here's the beauty of it. Can't
1: you have like a proletariat dinner?
0: So here's what happened. We like would elitist. So we would ahead. try to invite people who are less accomplished. um
1: yeah, it depends how you define accomplished, right? Uh, I mean, I don't want to get too okay uh
0: and what happened overwhelmingly was that they would feel bad because they would yeah, because give... you're
1: flooding them with other people that are running
0: empires, yeah, and so it it what became clear was that it wasn't the right context to make that happen. And so we launched a salon series where we invite 60 to 100 people. The simpler people. We have uh, have cocktails for an hour, chit-chat, all that. Can't talk about work. And then uh, I surprise them with three well-known speakers. So it might be Bill Nye. It might be... I
1: love Bill Nye, the science guy.
0: Is he Mm -hmm. straight? I... Think so? I've met okay. his girlfriend. Oh well, well,
1: hopefully.
0: There was. Oh my God! There was this crazy story that I think like TMZ tried to convince the world that Bill Nye was sexual in a, deviant. Was in an, a gay relationship with uh, Robert Picardo, who played the Doctor on Star Trek uh, Voyager. Oh, uh, I don't even
1: know who the fuck that is. I have to so look that they,
0: up. They were, they're super close friends. They, uh, both of them are on the Planetary Society Board. That's what happens and, at the Planetary Society Board. <laughs> but, uh, but none of that's true. I know them both. Uh, and I, I've met their significant others. And uh, it turns out that the, the story was made up By like
1: a reporter at TMZ or someone who's bitter, who secretly hates Bill Nye the science guy, climate change denier,
0: probably creationist. Uh, But it's so weird, like that—that's the story that they would go with. That's Uh,
1: funny. I don't know. I I like this idea of these salons. I think they're fantastic. I would like you to though to have a bunch of people that work their asses off and then get flowers sent to their loved ones. That would just be (laughs) it. You know what I mean? Get like some people that are doing social services. I think that would be a delightful kind of you know we, surprise for those people.
0: We just started a uh a group of rides for um let's say marginalized groups. So, okay. Uh i I go over to a like a fitness studio. Um the last one we did was at Swerve, which is a what like is that a, like
1: another Soul Cycle or something? Yeah kinda of. I hate those But questions.
0: it's team team based stuff. And I I brought uh leaders from the LGBT plus uh community. Okay. And all to ride together and then talk about what they want to accomplish for their community. Well, that's and, nice. And so we're, we're doing that kind of stuff okay, because. Do that,
1: do that, yeah.
0: I think it's important that uh, it's not about just having influential people meet each other, it's about creating a bigger impact on their communities.
1: Right. And I think everybody that, yeah, I think pe- I'm always impressed with people of uh, of fame and success that are really about uh, greater good and, and social, you know, social, <laughs> uh, not justice, but you know impact. what I mean, impact. Yeah, sure. Um, what was the biggest like corporation that you worked with and what was the most valuable like piece of advice you gave them in terms of behavioral science? Oh,
0: great. That's a, well, I've worked with Microsoft and with, uh, I'm doing another project with them, SAP. Mm -hmm. I've done stuff with Salesforce. Like I've I've worked with a lot of the top global brands. Um, I think the most important thing is that nobody needs another casino themed fundraiser to go to. Like hmm. the if you really want to connect with executives, you fundamentally have to create something novel, and most companies try to make up for a bad idea by spending lots of money on it.
1: And this just in terms of like in-house employees, like for their own. Uh, it's either for personnel, or is this about trying to engage consumers?
0: This is in terms of uh, let's say you're uh, trying to engage enterprise level customers. As this. Like, what does that mean, enterprise level? Uh, So, like, if...
1: the Star Trek reference again? (laughs) (laughs) Picardo? Who's he fucking Uh, now? Bill Nye in the bathroom? Go ahead.
0: So, the... uh, An enterprise-level customer, if you want Microsoft as a client or you want... uh, If you want... You know, the Girl Scouts of America as a client. Like, Mm -hmm. if you want these big organizations to be your clients, those are enterprise level customers as opposed to, like, mom and pop shops or small and medium businesses. Which are
1: slowly shutting down, sadly. Okay, so if I want Microsoft as my customer, okay.
0: Then, uh, and you want to engage and connect with them, another steak dinner won't close the deal. Oh, in terms
1: of, like, let me invite, let me wine and dine you guys and get you, okay. that stuff is kind of bullshit. So what do you have to do? So it's not a happy ending that you're providing. Like, what am I supposed to be providing for these people? So if...
0: It comes down to two things. If you want to be successful, you need to know how to connect with people and how to build trust quickly. And so going to like a steak dinner or doing the same thing everybody else is doing won't attract them to join or participate or connect with you. Because business decisions aren't made most of the time logically. It's good. It's good. It's a lot of emotion. And so if you have to find a way to get them to invest effort into you. So what I like to do is I like to design experiences that are really novel, they are original they're well curated, like the right people are in the room mm-hmm. doing something really interesting, something they can't do anywhere else. And then what I like to do is have them participate in a shared activity so they put effort into one another and into the brand so that they can get an emotional sense of the brand and the people that work for it. Because so if
1: I'm trying to get Microsoft as a client, I say to you, John, create an event for me with some of these Microsoft people, these decision makers, so we can uh, bond? Yeah. Yeah. And does that involve like baking cupcakes together or it whatever it is?
0: It could be a knitting circle. It could be literally. I like the idea anything. of a
1: knitting circle to close a $400 billion deal. That's, and th- that's good. I,
0: I'll tell you, I did a crazy one. Like this one was completely insane where uh, we invited 16 people over. There were four tables of four that they sat at. They were eating and drinking and food was prepared. They just t- took it like buffet style. And then 30 uh, minutes in, I had an assistant take all of their drinking water away.
1: Oh, my God, you're like a sadist. Okay.
0: And then I told them that today is day zero. I'm not sure if you know about this, but there's a list of major cities around the world that are running out of water, and uh, including Mexico City, mm-hmm. Jakarta, you know, so on and so forth. And Cape Town was the first city to actually shut off its water pipes. And people had to get water from 20 filling stations throughout the city, protected by armed guards. And on this day... And this
1: is all bullshit? No, this is all real. Oh, okay. This Cape Town, all, really? Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, now I think that they're, they've been able to push it to like 45 days of water or whatever. Okay. Of course, but, the rich
1: people don't have an issue. Uh, they have their whales. Yeah. They got the rich whale well in the corner. Fuck that. Uh,
0: and so what, uh, then what they did was we gave them dirty water and then they had to chlorinate it and assemble their own water filters, uh, in order to purify the water. And then we tested it to make sure it was clean and we were... Uh, and then they could trade it for all this And stuff. was everybody on board with this, or they're like, I am too a, old for this no, shit? No, no, everybody had a great time. It was super interesting and engaging, but it was fundamentally a different way to get the topic and conversation about being respectful. Of, right, yeah. I like that. And so uh, it was produced by a company called Hydros that makes water filters. Okay, And uh, so they
1: had, an, they had an advantage to that. That's how they get their product in there.
0: Yeah, and, okay. but it okay. was a really natural way for people to understand why the product exists.
1: I like that. Do you find a... Uh, Decision-making, uh, I don't know if you have any in- insight on this, with male executives versus female executives. and
0: So there's an interesting thing. Uh, I, I'm going to take the question a l- little bit of different direction. Okay. Uh, research about uh, diversity is really interesting. So uh, Shane Snow wrote a book called uh, Dream Teams, and one of the things he asked was uh, what does diversity actually mean? And most people see diversity as like a token, Black person, Mm -hmm. Hispanic, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And companies that have chief diversity officers actually end up with less diverse teams.
1: Why the fuck? They're not doing their fucking job.
0: Because the moment you bring up diversity as, I'm sorry, the moment that you bring up diversity as a, as you being a woman, Right. then I've looked at the difference and I've alienated you. So now it's, you're a woman, I'm a man. Mm -hmm. It's not that we're people. Right. But, the benefit of you being a woman in the room is that you, you bring a unique perspective. It's not your body organs. It's the perspective, knowledge, and experience that you
1: yeah. have. Mm-hmm.
0: And so we need to focus on diversity of thinking rather than diversity of people. Now, if we focus on diversity of thinking, then I say, do you know who has really great insights on women is?
1: Right. Joe Smith, a 56-year-old white man. Clearly not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, But, or, and then it becomes an asset rather than the thing that separates us.
1: I like that. Okay. But why do you think that diversity officer is not like, you know, why has he ended up with a staff that's not as diverse? Because he ends up, yeah, why is that?
0: Uh, Because it, I think it alienates people when you focus on the fact of their diversity.
1: So they don't so, want to take the job, you mean?
0: I, I'm not sure about the inner workings. Okay. Uh, saying,
1: well, maybe they just don't want to be part of affirmative. You know what I mean? They're like, uh, I don't want you to hire me just because I'm a woman. I want to hire me because I'm better at the job.
0: I'm, so that's interesting. I, I, I'm actually completely for affirmative action. Okay. Uh, and the reason is that uh, white men have had such an advantage that is so absurdly uh, ingrained into the society, there's no way to make up for it otherwise.
1: Well, I just think that's also what people are, I, you know, it's so weird with this whole Me Too movement and Time's mm-hmm. Up, where at first everyone's like, this is good, this is good, and then, of course, the men start piping up going, this is going too extreme, and people are getting punished, you know, guilty until proven innocent, mm-hmm. and I'm like, people don't understand that you have to overcompensate for a while, and then it's going to even itself the fuck out. People are trying to work this shit out, mm-hmm. and if you get people, you know, you may not be as qualified in this department, you bring a different perspective, and you bring her in, then great, with over time, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It becomes normalized. I get so tired of go, well, you know what? Let him punish the guy for brushing his elbow up against a woman's ass by accident. That's fine. I don't give a shit. you know what I mean? like let's even let let it let it get out there so the awareness is there. It's a natural process. It's like it's like grieving. you know what I mean? You got to go through phases.
0: So that's just my two cents on that i'm I'm you know, I'm very much opposed about uh, people who are being punished not for the right. Uh, Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. I was being dramatic for a minute there. But but it is an essential part of the cultural conversation because otherwise, if it didn't take place, then the young men and women who are growing up now, who are being shown an example, literally won't understand where the proper lines are.
1: Right. And now I feel like the lines are a little thicker and they'll thin out, but everybody fucking relax. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, oh, this is it. Man can't flirt with a woman anymore. Just, you know, learn how to flirt well. And get gauge if the woman's interested, and then, you know, don't pull your dick out, you know, just because the woman says hello. Wait, you can't do that? It depends. You know, I, I'm okay with it, but that's just me. It has to be in a certain environment, you know what I mean? Not when you're standing in the middle of a Walmart <laughs> choosing a colander. Um, which <laughs> happened to me on several occasions. Something about that colander aisle that gets everybody going. How
0: many colanders do you need?
1: I need a lot of colanders. I'm a big pasta maker. Uh-huh, uh huh. Clearly. Uh, and the, the and different you're quite size rough holes. F- yeah. What yeah, I'm just saying, like calendars. you know, I make. I have. When you have that many children, you make a lot of fucking pasta. You mm-hmm. know. And I don't like processed foods, Uh and so I kind of make the mac and cheese myself. You know what I mean? We do have a cow on the property. I call it a property, <laughs> though it's the fucking trailer. But I have it, so I like to kind of do fresh, fresh dairy and unpasteurized and you know, Louis Pasteur was overrated. You know what I'm saying? So I'm all for like raw. I bring in, I smuggle. Sometimes I have a friend, a former client in France, who sends me like illegal cheese. Because uh-huh. in France, they're much more lax about the pasteurization yeah. shit. And so um, he kind of smuggles it in. But not something shady, like not with the but. You know what I mean? Not like heroin or anything. He just it isn't sends it. in a condom it. that he follows? No, smallows. no. He sends it in like, you know, FedEx or whatever. Um, I have a lot of friends at FedEx. Uh, I do, I do, we, ba- you know, we barter. I exchange services and they they bring my cheese. Um, John Levy. So, where can I find you or follow your uh, adventures or your like snooty party stuff? Like, where do I keep up on that?
0: So, uh, my social media is John Levy, T L B J O N L E V Y. Okay. T like Thomas, L like lion, B like boy, at johnlevy, uh, And
1: what's TLB stand for? Uh, it's, I was so
0: inspired by the, the story of peter pan and the lost boys Aww. about how they live a life of wonder and adventure and That's i nice. wanted that okay and so i have the most common name in new york which is john levy yeah, yeah. and so i needed something to set me up i like yeah.
1: john levy okay tlb and then when's when's uh when can i come to the the salon
0: um are you around december 1st
1: yeah i'm in cool i'm in then do i have on? to dress Is it like fancy
0: no the rule is dress as you want to be known
1: Oh, that's a tough one. God, you're putting a lot of pressure on me on that one, dressing one. I to come in naked. Uh, kind of give everybody the goods from the get-go. Well, John, you have been to life. I found this very interesting, and okay. I will not go out past 2 a.m. I haven't done that in years, and I will— I find um, that hard to believe. I will de- defriend my overweight friends <laughs> and uh, hang out with the anorexics, because apparently maybe that will rub off on me. I got my—, my what's One say? can only hope. You know, my fupa to deal with. All right, John Levy, thank you so much. This is Raylan Casper-White <laughs> signing off.